Hi, I'm your host, Brad Alvarez, and welcome back to the Senior Living Concepts Podcast. It's been about two years since my last episode, and before I dive into this episode about founders, I want to briefly explain the hiatus. I started this podcast in 2018 because I had senior living questions I couldn't find answers to. I figured that as I researched and interviewed my way to answers, I could share them here with others trying to learn. When the pandemic hit, it felt inappropriate to cover the more fun topics I was interested in. And with COVID-related senior living stories regularly headlining newspapers and local stations, I didn't feel compelled to add to the noise with COVID stories. It finally feels appropriate now to return to the topics that I'm most interested in. So with that being said, let's get into it. Where do senior living founders come from? Founder interviews make up a good chunk of the limited content in our space, and there is of course a ton to glean from individual stories, but I haven't seen anybody compile and analyze their backgrounds. So I did the only logical thing, which was to download Asha's most recent list of the 150 largest senior living companies and find everything I could about their respective founders. This meant a heavy diet of past interviews, official company origin stories, newspaper features, and of course, LinkedIn stalking. As I compiled this, I had to make some choices in terms of methodology, so here are some disclaimers. Check out the timestamp in the show notes to skip ahead if you're not interested. I could not find relevant information for every category of every single company. For instance, sometimes I could find somebody's background, but not their age at founding, or vice versa. So my sample sizes differ a bit based off the questions I'm asking. I'll be sure to state them all at the beginning. Additionally, there's an interesting point about how you measure companies with multiple founders. I decided to examine founders rather than founding teams, meaning I don't apply any sort of weighting to the backgrounds of companies with multiple founders. So for instance, if two co-founders were 40 and 50 when they started, I treat those as unique data points rather than taking the average and saying that the founding team averaged out to 45. In other words, I opted to view each co-founder as I would a solo entrepreneur. All right, the disclaimers are over. We are talking senior living, so it feels appropriate to start with age. How old were these founders at the beginning? After all, there could be something to learn from at what point in their careers these successful entrepreneurs got started. As you could imagine, It is difficult to confirm a stranger's age, doubly so for our brilliant female founders. So on this one, the sample size is 40. Here's a quick overview, starting with some outliers. The youngest founders were the Classens of Sunrise Senior Living fame. Paul and Terry Classen started Sunrise with zero experience in 1981, when Paul was just 23. They based it off the Dutch model that Paul had experienced earlier in life, and they initially cared for the residents themselves in a Victorian mansion. Believe it or not, they weren't the only 20-something founders. There was a small clustering of 29-year-old founders, but I'll choose to just highlight Stephanie Harris. She first founded a senior housing consulting company called Turnaround Solutions at 25 while she was in law school, and at just 29, she founded Aero Senior Living Management in 2009. The oldest founder was Everett Benton of Stellar Senior Living at 62 years old. He unsurprisingly came in with a stellar career in the space. He transitioned from being an attorney to a general counsel who brought a long-term care company public. This was just the beginning because later on, he became the president of Five Star, which he also took public. Seems like taking two companies public is a pretty good way to learn the space. Looking at the full range, 
Amazingly, a quarter of the founders were 32 or younger, and the average age came out to 38, which I guess makes sense. Old enough to have plenty of experience, but young enough to capture plenty of long-term upside. I had a sneaking suspicion that the younger founders tended to be from the earliest and oldest companies, as was the case with the Classens at Sunrise. And there was a slight trend to suggest this, but it wasn't too drastic. I'll include a graph of this on the website and link it in the show notes so you can take a look for yourself. So moving on to the next subject, I wanted to know, what did these people do before they launched their companies? Here, we'll look at the 80 companies where I could find significant background on the solo founder or each of the co-founders. For these purposes, I'm combining co-founder backgrounds. So if one founder has a background in operations and the other has a background in real estate, I'm saying that the founding team collectively has an ops and real estate background. 39 of the 80 founding teams had some sort of operations background. When I saw they were operators, I saw a lot of differing backgrounds culminating in similar leadership positions at existing companies. Eight of these 39 had a former senior housing COO on their team. When I looked into these eight, I expected to find a pretty similar trajectory But even among these, the careers varied wildly. You'll find somebody like Ken Yeager of Morningstar, who worked his way up from an office admin to an ED, all the way up to COO of Sunrise. Similar story of working up for Kevin Benema of Charter Senior Living, who got his senior living start as a caregiver. There are other COO turned founders who worked in healthcare sales or senior living marketing before taking the jump as a COO and eventually as a founder. When we factor out the COOs, A majority of these operator-turned-founders were former regional VPs who worked their way to those positions from being EDs. So unsurprisingly, it seems that managing a community on the ground and later a region of communities is a phenomenal training ground for a future founder. 33 teams had some sort of real estate background. Of these, at least three were focused on acquisitions, 21 in development, and the remainder were in market feasibility research, or titles where, frankly, I couldn't discern the specific domain. Maybe it is unsurprising that more of the ones I could confirm were development rather than acquisitions, because if you were founding your company in 1995, which was the average founding year for these companies' founding dates, who were you going to acquire? I suspect that we'll see more acquisitions-based entrepreneurs in this next generation than my numbers indicate. After the 39 operators and 33 real estate folks, we see a huge drop-off in the next category. Everybody's favorite, the attorneys. And what's better than one attorney? Nine founding teams with legal backgrounds. There are two I can't prove practice as attorneys, but most of these nine were general counsels. Counting as one of these founding teams with a general counsel founder is the premier senior living team, where Wayne Kaplan and Bob Borsodi were both general counsels. Bob was a GC for a huge health law company, and Kaplan was for what later became Atria. Nine teams had a military founder, but it's worth noting that only Harold Delamarter of Prestige Care founded his company in the last 30 years. For several reasons outside of senior care, this path was more popular in the earliest iterations of senior housing than it is today. To my surprise, only seven of these 80 founding teams had a founder in an explicit finance role. This does appear to be growing, though, Five of these seven finance types were investment bankers, and they've all created their companies since 2004. In a different bucket, four founders had some sort of accountant background, 
An interesting wrinkle is that all four of these were solo founders. There were also some very unexpected backgrounds, which I'll highlight just because I found them so interesting. Jonathan Perlman of Traditions pitched in the MLB, and Andy Kohlberg of Kisco was a bona fide tennis star. Kohlberg was the collegiate tennis player of the year, who later reached the semifinals at Wimbledon and quarterfinals at the US Open. Also fun to point out that James Guffey, who co-founded Radiant with his wife, Jody, was a professional musician. And I do mean a legit musician. Studied at Berkeley College of Music, played bass in a band for seven years. He's the real deal. Maybe my favorite bit is that three of the founders I pulled up were founding their second senior housing businesses. Let's start with the founders of Pegasus. Chris Hollister was a founder at Southern Assisted Living Inc., and his co-founder, Stephen Vick, was a co-founder of Sterling House Corp. And assisted living concepts. And also signature senior living. As I mentioned earlier, Everett Benton of Stellar previously co-founded Five Star. And lastly, Jim Coughlin and Wendy Nowakunski of Northbridge were involved in the foundings of Benchmark and Newton, respectively. The third category I tried looking into was education, and this one was such a grab bag. You'll see founders who succeeded without needing a college degree, and others who had some sort of grad school. I tried looking for a trend here, but honestly, I came up with nothing. What I came across was an alphabet soup of graduate degrees, including JDs, MBAs, MPHs, PhDs, doctors, architects, gerontologists, real estate masters, urban planning, and one dentist. So I think the obvious takeaway from this section is that formal education is not a deciding factor in where senior living founders come from. So what are the defining trends when I look at these founders? Well, if you've lasted this long into the podcast, you've probably realized that there are few defining trends or musts from the past generation of successful senior housing entrepreneurs. Of course, I don't have access to the failed founder data, so I can't compare success rates across types but I still find it useful to learn that founders have come from all stages of their careers, from 30 years of success leading another company to practically zero work experience at all. The career paths seem to lean heavily towards operations and real estate, but I suppose there's a bit of unintentional bias there too. We are looking at just the biggest companies that had data online, which means we're excluding a lot of future companies on this list who have already gotten started. It seems that as there are more roles for senior housing consultants, private equity types, REIT backgrounds, gerund technologists, and more, there will be more founders coming from these newer and increasingly relevant backgrounds. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Senior Living Concepts Podcast.